This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Hi. So, yeah, I guess we're ready. I guess we're ready to get started. Um, so, this I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Irioki, and I'm here today with one of my oldest, nearest, and dearest friends that I am so excited to have on the podcast, um, Whitney Willis. So yes, I'm so excited to have you. I am super excited to be here. Yay. Oh my gosh. And (laughs) let's just take a moment to appreciate like where we just came from. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like you guys, I, Whitney is such a trooper because we were recording an episode last night and it didn't go as planned. And tonight, um, it's Thursday night before the podcast goes live and, we are on a dragon boating team mm-hmm. and I have to explain that to everyone that I like, do you always have to explain <laughs> yes. it? Yeah. They're yeah. like, what is a dragon boat? Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> and to... why are you doing it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is the thought I have like midway through like, I know I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> yeah. So it's basically like a, a rowboat, like a long boat with, instead of like a one row of people with oars on both sides, there is a person beside you. So you have a partner and then there are, there are two rows and about 10 people in the boat. And so we just came from there, a workout where we burned 800 calories. I checked my Fitbit and we, Whitney is such a trooper because we are dead tired, but we are doing this. And we're both so excited because this is, this is one that I've wanted to do for a while. But before we get into all that, I want you to introduce yourself and kind of talk about who you are. And Absolutely. So um, I'm Whitney, and um, I am a uh, self-proclaimed horror connoisseur, uh, full-time spooky chick, and murderino, and a proud dog mom of two. Hi, Dixon. Hi, Georgia. Oh, I love you guys. Her dogs are like, I feel like they need their own Instagram account. The- uh, Dixon has his own Facebook. He does. He yes, does. Yes. Yes. But yeah. no Instagram. I need to get on the Instagram. You do. Cause that's yeah. like a really good place for like doggy pictures. Definitely. Oz oh, is yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. They're Aussie. They're Australian shepherds. So. They're, they're so cute. So adorable. Georgia has these ears that are like, um, I feel like they're the orneriest ears on any dog I've ever seen. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. <laughs> like on the night of your birthday, I remember her like going flying through the air over the couch and like flying over Dixon. And I was just yes. like, oh my God, I love this dog. Like she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, to get us started to kind of like break the ice on what we're going to be talking about today, the first thing I'm going to do is make Whitney take a quiz. Ooh. <laughs> and this quiz is on playbuzz.quiz or playbuzz.com. Um, so it's super official. Like it's, you know, this is, this is for real. I'm excited. Yeah. This is like LSAT. Like it's, <laughs> it's really official. So this is which famous serial killer are you? Ooh. So if you were a serial killer, which of these real life or fictional psychopaths would you be? Let's start. Oh God. So here we go. You're walking in the woods and you come upon an injured sparrow. Do you 
A, poke it with a stick. B, cut off its wings so you can hang them on your wall. Wow. C, have a taste. (laughs) D, caress its little head ever so gently. E, put it out of its misery by crushing it to death with your foot. Wow. Or the last one is take it home for your next taxidermy project. Mind you, it's not dead yet. Okay, it's not dead yet. (laughs) Yeah. But but is it, I I mean, because like I would, I would want to caress its little head because I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm so, you know, I'm sad that it's injured. But then like if it's going to die, I might do the taxidermy, honestly. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) Um, So is this, is this bird has no hope? I don't know. That's up to you. You're the, you're the serial killer. So you decide if there's hope or not. I, I really like the taxidermy thing. I like that I'm too. Do that. Okay, yep. take it home for your next taxidermy yep. project. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, how do you lure your victims in? Okay, the first one is I drug them and handcuff them to my toilet. It's <laughs> pretty extreme. Um, I get them drunk at, at a bar and promise them a fun after party at my place. Um, I lurk in the dark shadows of alleys and pounce on them. Or I recruit them into my satanic cult and brainwash them into thinking I am Jesus reincarnated. Or <clears throat> I have them for dinner, literally. Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with Lurk in the Shadows. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. That seems like a pretty foolproof, yeah. like, good, good way to go. Um, what's your idea of a good time? I like to make my victims play games and solve riddles to see how hard they would fight for their life. <laughs> Um, or embarking on a new romantic slash, slash sexual adventures with strangers. Um, or listening to Mozart, drinking fine wine, and hosting a nice dinner party. That sounds like... That sounds nice. That sounds nice. Yeah. That sounds pretty normal. Totally, yeah. Um, or coercing other people <laughs> to do things I want them to do. <laughs> or going for midnight strolls. Or you can choose other. Oh, um... I'm going to go with midnight strolls. That sounds nice. That sounds That's, good. That sounds yeah. good. Depending on where you're at, yeah. you know, what part of town that, that you know, um, it reminds me of when Pokemon Go first came out and we'd be oh coming home gosh. from the bar and we would drive mm. by that park and they would mm. all be out there playing at two in the morning. Keep in mind, this park is usually completely empty. Yeah. And then once Pokemon Go came out, there were so many cars. So many people. Oh my God. Okay. So what's the first thing you do after you make a kill? Have a cup of tea and a hot bubble bath. Send a ransom note and a severed ear to the police. Plan my next attack. Play with stuffed animals <laughs> or work on my one thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. I like the I like the bubble bath. That I agree. Sounds nice after you know hard work. Yeah, you know, it you is hard work. Go relax. Um, which of these images excites you the most? Okay, I'm going to describe them and then I'll show them to you. The first one is a saw cutting through some wood. The second one is Jesus. The third one is a brain. The fourth one is a woman biting into an apple. The fifth one is a can-can dancer. And the sixth one is two puzzle pieces being put together. Okay. So I'm going to show it to you. Okay. Oh. Which one excites you the most? Uh, the brain. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's a good that's one. That's a nice brain. That is a nice brain. That is that is good. You know, one time I heard that I had a teacher tell me that, uh, I think this was in high school, that like... Your intelligence is measured by, like, how many folds there are in your brain. Like, really? Because it creates more surface area for, like, synapses or whatever they're called to travel, like, more that's quickly. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. Okay. What, ch- what kind of childhood did you have? I was born to a teen mother. It was difficult. Um, pretty normal family life. Um, it was very happy, very happy and normal childhood, except for the one time I stood over my mother with knives while she slept. <laughs> 
you know, I mean, everybody's <laughs> different. Uh, it wasn't extremely happy or normal, but not scarring either. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty accurate, like for my childhood. Um, I was a child prodigy or other. Um, I'm going to say in pretty normal. Pretty normal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how would you like people to describe you? Very confident, but with temperament goes from very happy to very angry quickly, but only out of passion. Or a nice person, though somewhat creepy looking and deranged, they think of themselves as divine. Um, a pragmatic vigilante with extreme beliefs who thinks they are really making a difference in the world. Um, a quiet, grim, and gruesome loner who takes great pr- pleasure in trickery and malice. Or a brilliant mastermind, cunning and manipulative in every way with a dangerous hunger for adventure and trouble. Uh, I like the nice one. Okay. A nice person, though somewhat mm-hmm. creepy and looking yeah, and I'm okay with people thinking I'm low creepy. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, I think I think everybody who listens to this podcast is okay with that. Yeah, I know I'm okay with it. I'm totally okay. Um, which of these things brings you the most pleasure or gratification? Cooking and or eating a delicious meal—that's me. Um, solving a challenge or challenging problem? Oh no, I cho- I chose one for you. I oh, I chose no. challenging problem. So that's great. That that works. Yes. My finger slipped. Um, you <laughs> are Hannibal Lecter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't even choose what I wanted I to know. eat. I know. You didn't even. I think it's because you chose the dinner party. Oh man. Probably. Okay. Probably. So you're a highly sophisticated individual with first class taste and the willpower to get whatever you want. You are hungry for life and thirsty for power as you travel the globe seeking out your next victims. Your greatest indulgence comes from the form of cannibalism. You fall in love with people, allowing them to consume you until you consume them. Ooh, man. Oh, yeah. That's intense. It <laughs> is intense. It sounds like vaguely like smut novel kind of. Yes. Um, although you are a savage criminal, you're a sensitive soul who appreciates the beauty and you would share your knowledge in order to help others seek justice. Oh, so that's you. It's got a good, it's got a good finish to it. It does have a good finish. Yeah. Okay, so with that introduction, we are talking about one of Oklahoma's um, serial killers. I am so excited about this episode, you guys. Yeah, I was actually contacted by a listener that has been with me from the very beginning about this. Um, and we're going to be talking about Lady Bluebeard, the Giggling Granny, the Black Widow, the Lonely Hearts Killer, or as she is most commonly known, Nanny Doss. So this is exciting. I am so excited. This is really exciting. Okay, so she is probably one of Oklahoma's first and most notorious serial killers. Um, in the end, Nanny Doss confessed to killing four of her husbands, her mother, her sister, her mother-in-law, and even her grandson. That's insane. Like, that is just... It's really... What's really interesting to me about that is, like, it's... I, and I know that this is typical of, like female serial killers who are like black widows it's always people that they know right like it's but when you think about like jeffrey dahmer or um ted bundy or gacy it's more like these strangers that are picked out as potential victims that are stalked and you know or seen in a bar and they're like okay that's a good victim like so it's very it almost is like even more cold that you know and especially that she killed her grandson right yeah so I got I got a little information about uh, female serial killers. Uh, there are some terms that we're going to want to go over um, from Wikipedia. I found I'm going to butcher these names because I just am. But uh, Kelleher and Kelleher in 1998 created several categories to describe female serial killers. 
They use the classifications of Black Widow, Angel of Death, Sexual Predator, Revenge, Prophet or Crime, Teen Killer, Question of Sanity, Unexplained, and Unsolved. And according to their research, most female serial killers were either a Black Widow or um, a teen killer, which makes a lot of sense because um, even though Roger Dale Stafford was not a serial killer, he's more of a spree killer, um, his wife was involved in that. So she was kind of like the team teammate in that situation. So, um, and on Black Widow's Wikipedia, one of the things they said, um, although motivations for female serial killers can include attention-seeking, addiction, or the result of psychopathological behavioral factors, Female serial killers are commonly categorized as murdering men for material gain, usually being emotionally close to their victims and generally needing to have a relationship with the victim, hence the traditional cultural image of the Black Widow. So you guys, you need to watch out. I'm just <laughs> yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> They're out there. Oh, they, they are out there. They are definitely out there. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's basically a woman that stands to gain something from the death of someone close to her. Um, and like we were saying, like, unlike the, a lot of male serial killers who pick strangers, the Black Widow typically knows her prey, um, usually a husband or family member. Um, and you hear about this all the time in insurance cases mm-hmm. where like, especially when it's like someone who has done this repeatedly, mm-hmm. like they're cashing in on a lot mm-hmm. of insurance money. And I think, like, for Nanny Doss, you know, it was easier. I think the internet has made it both easier and harder to get away with crime mm-hmm. in certain ways. Like, I think some crimes, like, the st- like selling stuff on the black market is easier. But, like, murdering someone and getting away with it, I think that the internet and social media and, like, all of the things that are at our disposal make it harder. Mm-hmm. Which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that is not and a bad thing. Something I think that's crazy about this is, you know, most people who murder people that they know, it's like a crime of passion. Yes. It's like this, you know, build yeah. up and it happens yeah. and it's, you know, it's Like, done. you walk in and they're cheating. Right. or Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. this is not. This is just a... Calculated. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this that is, like, is what's so scary about it. It is. Yeah. It's, it's so cold. And, um... You know, it, it's one of those things. My mom always jokes about this, and she's only, like, halfway joking because I know that she's kind of serious because she's a little bit paranoid. Um, but I love her, and I, I'm also paranoid. But she's always like, I do not have life insurance, and this is why. Like, every time we watch an episode of, like, Forensic Files oh, or ID gosh. Discovery, she's like, no, life insurance, no. I don't blame her. No, I don't I really don't. No, I don't either. Like, there was a case in Oklahoma. Her and I talked about it, I think, on the podcast um, of a woman and her lover who, like, plotted the death of the woman's husband for life insurance money and it's never a lot of money no it isn't it's never no. it's, it's never like a no. million dollars no. or anything like that no it'll be like it's like 50 grand yeah or less or less and, than that yeah, and, no, people, and, and people are just like oh yeah that's definitely enough <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Right. like oh my god so moral of the story people is never have life insurance <laughs> Like, exactly. know who you're dating. <laughs> know who you're. Know who you're marrying. Oh, and if if your wife is ever like, hey, you know what, you might want to up your insurance. Just okay. say no. Yeah, just say no. Yeah, <laughs> like, like don't. Oh do God, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so when it comes to the breakdown of numbers, female serial killers are thought to make up about 16 percent of all serial killers, which is according to the Journal of Forensic Psychiatry and Psychology. Um, and I, I, it feels like. If you think about that in terms of like a hundred serial killers and sixteen of them are women, mm-hmm. um, it almost seems like a bigger number than what I would expect. Me too. I I would expect it to be a lot less for some reason. You never hear about 
no. female serial killers hardly they, ever. They don't. You know, there's like Eileen Warnos and right. um, you know, you you don't hear a whole lot. Um, I told someone recently that uh, I uh, I am more likely to accept friend requests from women that I don't know rather than yeah. men. Yeah. Um, because I, I do get a lot of friend requests, uh, from people who listen to the podcast and, um, you know, and this person was like, well, women can be just as crazy as men. And I'm like, yes, but it's, it's like that thing of like, statistically men pose a greater threat to women it's than so true. like, cause whenever, yeah. uh, well, you know, I just got back from Denver like a month mm-hmm. ago and I was like Ubering there. And so like, I remember on my way home, um, to back to the airport, mm-hmm. my dri- my Uber driver was a woman and I immediately was just relieved. Yeah. Um, just because she oh, was I get a, that. Just yeah. the fact that she was a woman. I completely was, get that. You know, there's yeah. just. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely get it, girl. And I think every woman who listens to this podcast gets it. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I, I get it. Um, so Nanny Doss, her early life, um, she was born on November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. She was named Nancy Hazel. Her parents were Louisa, who went by Lou, and James F. Hazel. And they had five children. She was one of five. She had one brother and three sisters. Um, and her childhood was not super great. Like if she was taking that quiz, it wouldn't have, it would have been like probably the worst option. Um, she didn't have an idyllic childhood to say the least. Uh, her father was really controlling. Um, and because of the way that he was, Nancy and her mother Lou both hated him like a lot. And he wouldn't allow the girls to wear makeup or dress themselves attractively because he believed that it would encourage quote molestation from men. Um, and like everyone knows that that has nothing to do with it. And because like, just because that stuff does happen and it doesn't matter what you're wearing, the girls were molested on multiple occasions anyway, Mm -hmm. by multiple people. Um, he also forced the kids to drop out of school and, uh, give up all their schoolwork and constantly work on the family farm. Um, and that's one of the reasons that she had such a poor educational background. Um, and then this is interesting because this is something that we talked about, like Whitney and I sit out by the fire pit a lot of nights and just talk and have such a good time. And, uh, one night we were talking about serial killers having head injuries mm-hmm. and you had heard that I think yes. on, was it on my favorite, and my murder? favorite murder? Yeah. yeah. They, they were talking about that. Most serial killers have had a severe head injury when they're right. younger. Yeah. So Nanny Doss, when she was seven years old, she was on a train to visit family in Southern Alabama and the train slammed to a stop and she was flung into the metal bar on the back seat in front of her, which injured her head severely. Um, and she even attributed what she had done later in life to that head injury. She thought that it, because it ended up causing her like blackouts and depression and mm-hmm. mental problems and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that could have affected her psychology and everything like that um and i even looked up there i found a website called uh murdermiletours.com and they had compiled a list of different serial killers who all had head injuries um so dennis raider which was the btk killer he was the guy i believe in kansas it was either kansas or missouri um bind torture kill uh, all that um as an infant he stated that his mother had accidentally accidentally dropped him on his head um, he'd stop breathing and turn blue, but she didn't take him to a hospital. Uh, Richard Ramirez, the night stalker at age of, the age of two, 
um, a dresser fell on him and it caused a laceration that he needed 30 stitches for. And, uh, and then when he was five, he was knocked out by a swing in the park and that head injury caused him to have seizures. Um, and he kept having seizures until he was a teenager. So Gacy, um, at six, his dad beat him with a broomstick until he was unconscious. Um, yeah. And, at 11, he also was hit in the head by a swing, um, and he would have blackouts just like Manny Doss. Um, and then Fred West, which was the Glau... Oh, I don't know how to say that. Gloucester? Gloucester, maybe? Uh, or Gloucester? I don't know. Something something like that. Somebody correct me. Um, the Gloucester Road Murders. Um, at 17, he suffered a fractured skull in a motorbike accident, um, and he was unconscious for seven days. And then at 19... He um, groped a girl on a fire escape and she punched him and he fell two floors. So good for good her. Girl. Yeah, good girl. Yeah, good girl. Good for her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he also had the blackouts. So like and then Son of Sam also um, he ran into the road, was struck by a car at six years old. And at age eight, he was hit on the head with a pipe and received a four inch gas uh, gash. Uh, Albert Fish, the werewolf of Wisteria, which Albert Fish, I think everybody who listens to this podcast is familiar with pictures of albert fish he's a pretty creepy looking dude and he was like a cannibal who ate children um at seven years old he fell from a cherry tree and it caused him to suffer dizzy spells and severe headaches uh and ed gein um he came from an abusive family his dad would beat him in the head so hard that his ears would ring um and so while this is not the only factor that predicts violence it's theorized that it's a big one mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. in these serial killer type i think i think it's really and interesting it would make sense too yeah because um i know that nanny doss she had said that um ever since she had her head injury she never quite felt like she thought correctly mm-hmm. like it kind of changed the way right. that she would process things yeah in her head and that makes total it, it, it makes it sense does. yeah um and like when she was a child, this is kind of uh, so this is kind of this is going to be a fun part of this story. So when she was a child, her favorite hobby was to read the Lonely Hearts section of the newspaper. And for those of you that are too young to really know about what that is, it's basically the personals ads. And um, once upon a time, people didn't use Tinder. <laughs> they actually submitted ads about themselves to the classifieds. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about those. And. One of the things that Whitney and I were talking about earlier tonight when we were at Dragon Boating was the Craigslist personals. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure they've been shut down because there have been so many, mm-hmm. like, incidents surrounding them. But basically, it's like these personals, people will say, they'll give a first, the first letter often describes their relationship or the sexuality. Like, D for divorced or G for gay or M for married or S for single or W for widow. And the middle letter is, uh, it's generally the ethnicity or nationality of the person. Um, and the last letter is uh, the gender of the person or the fact that it's a couple. So mm. it could be like C couple, female, mm. male, transgender, woman, mm. um, things like things like that. So um, and then there are all the all these uh, miscellaneous abbreviations that can be used. So ALA is all letters answered. Um, ALA WP is all letters answered with a photo. Which means that they'll only reply if someone sends them a photo. So, G-S-O-H, good sense of humor. That's on my list for my next boyfriend. Good sense of humor. 
Um, ISO in search of um, LTR, long-term relationship, MBA, not a business degree, um, mutual business arrangement, um, NSC, non-scene. I don't know what that means. Uh, OHAC, own house and car, P&P, party and play, uh, WE, well endowed, WLTM, would like to meet, YO, years old, NSA, no strings attached, which I feel like, honest to God, not much has changed in a hundred years. Right. Can we bring these to Tinder? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Can I just like put that on my Tinder profile? Like, I think that might like make it a little easier. Yeah. Just simplify. 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 I'm about a minimal lifestyle. Um, So I pulled up a couple of these ads from old newspapers and I wanted to read them to you guys because this is the kind of stuff that Nanny Doss was reading as a little girl. And um, so this is one that was actually in an Oklahoma newspaper um, and I don't know the year on it, but it's, it's pretty old. So he says a bachelor of ability, good moral character, 45 years of age, born and reared under Southern skies, desires to correspond with a true Southern woman, object matrimony address bachelor box 173 Shawnee, Oklahoma. And then the rest of the address is cut off. But, um, so, I mean, it's really I honestly feel like not much has changed. No, it hasn't. Like, no, it it's hasn't. the same. It's the it's same. The same. It's just digital now. It's just digital. Yeah. It's just, we just have it at our fingertips where we can message people like immediately. And like m- many of them have bad manners. <laughs> but so there is, uh, there's another one. This one says refined, healthy, well-educated man, 35 years old, blue eyes, brown hair, weight, 160, five foot, nine inches, Wishes to correspond with lady able to finance good business oh proposition. Gosh. I am erecting. I am erecting engineer in this business and know it thoroughly. Object wedding bells and business success for both parties. I love this part. Flappers, divorcees, please save your stamps. <laughs> Bank reference given and expected in return. All answers treated strictly confidential. So, I mean, man, he is picky. He's real picky. No and he's flappers? Kind of, yeah, no flappers. Why? No flappers. Like, like who doesn't love a flapper? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, God. Jeez. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you're real picky for somebody who's like trying to find a woman to finance your business decisions. This is the guy on Tinder that's going to be single forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or this is like when Marissa said, like, when it says entrepreneur. Right. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like nanny kind of grew up as i guess you could say that she was even though she was a psychopath i think she was kind of a hopeless romantic like i think she even though she killed most of her husbands like i think that she this kind of influenced her and she was looking for something and we'll get to that with her last husband because i think one of the details about that is really interesting but so her first marriage she married her co-worker at a linen factory and his name was charlie braggs she was only 16 years old um When my grandparents got married, um, my grandma was 15, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was 15. I think my grandpa was 19, maybe. And he, uh, so this is kind of a funny story. Um, She was in high school at Moore High School. And um, (laughs) so he told the people in the office that he was her uncle. And he had come to check her out for the day. And so he took her with him and they like went on a date and they actually like, I mean, it was just, it That's was, so yeah. cute. it was super cute. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, so uh, they only knew each other for four months, and her father approved of this match. Um, the guy, Charlie Braggs, his mother was uh, single, and she insisted that she live with them after they married. And this put a strain on the relationship, of course, and they both expect they both suspected each other of cheating and they were both right. <laughs> um, he would disappear for days on end with no explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, they had four daughters during their marriage, but uh, Nanny was so stressed out during this marriage that she started drinking heavily and smoking even more heavily. Um, to the two middle girls died in 1927 of suspected food poisoning. Mm. So, hmm, yeah. Mm. So right after that, Charlie took their firstborn. Her name was Melvina, and he fled. He um, later would swear that he had always been terrified of Nancy, which is Nanny. So um, his mother died soon thereafter, after Charlie was out of town, and Nanny took a job in a cotton mill to support their other daughter, Florine and herself. So a year later, Charlie comes back to town, um, not only with their daughter, Melvina, but with a divorcee and her child as well. So like the marriage is over. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) Nothing like your husband showing back up with some other lady and her kid. Like, yeah. So they soon divorced after that, of course. Um, And then her second marriage in 1929, she married Robert Franklin Harrelson. Um, she didn't know it when they got married, which I feel like this happens a lot, but Harrelson was an alcoholic and with a history of assault. Um, and they took Nancy's two daughters and they moved to Jacksonville. So, um, while she was married to Robert Harrelson, Melvina gave birth to a son. His name was Robert Lee Haynes. And Melvina also had another baby that died soon after birth. Mm. So this is kind of interesting because I guess she was, kind of out of it and um, maybe on maybe on some kind of drugs or something mm. like that like right after the baby was born right. and she kind of had this like vision not really a vision but she wasn't sure that she had really seen it and she saw her mother stick a hat pin in the baby's head oh my gosh and so she asked her husband about it and the baby died like the baby did die and he said that he had seen um her mother near the baby and later he had seen her with a hat pin whoa so even though she didn't confess to this child's death i think that that definitely was what happened i would say that that was that was accurate um so shortly thereafter disapproving of melvina's marriage um nanny was caring for her other son her other grandson robert um Let's uh, yes, her other grandson, Robert, the baby had a different name Um, while in her care. Robert died of asphyxia. But the details on how that happened are murky. Mm. Um, And she had just taken out a life insurance policy on her grandson. Really? Yeah. So she got five hundred dollars on that insurance policy. She'd just taken out on uh, Robert. Um, And then in 1945, when Japan surrendered, there was a lot of partying going on. Robert Harrelson, who was an alcoholic, was partying pretty hard. And he ended up raping Nanny that night. And she decided she'd had enough. Um, She was out in the flower bed and she discovered a jar of corn whiskey that he had hid from her in the garden. And so she decided to top it off with rat poison. Wow. And put it right back where she found it. Wow. So he, of course, went and found it in the Mm -hmm. garden. Like he did, you know, he Mm -hmm. knew that it was there. Mm -hmm. And he drank from it and he ended up dying very quickly and painfully. Wow. Yeah. 
So then comes her third marriage. Um, so Nanny met Arlie Lanning while traveling through North Carolina and perusing the Lonely Heart section of the paper. He was also an alcoholic womanizer, so it seems like she has a type. Uh, but Nanny was the one who disappeared for months on end during this marriage. Um, they married only three days after meeting each other. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. Like... I, and it's her third marriage. Have you not learned your lesson? Right. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. And, like, what is what is he thinking? Like, this lady's like, yeah, I've been married twice before. And, like, yeah, no. no. Like, it's just three days. You can't know somebody no. in three days. No. So, no okay. So, Lanning died of what was said to be heart failure. And Nanny was widely supported at his funeral. Um, he left the house that he lived in with nanny to his sister but the house burned down right after the funeral imagine that that's crazy really yeah really (laughs) and (laughs) imagine this too there was an insurance policy on the house no way and guess who it went to no way yeah oh my god (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh she quickly took the money Put it in a pattern here. I know. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Don't doubt patterns. (laughs) So she went to visit her sister, Dovey. I like that name a lot. um, Who was bedridden. Shortly after her arrival, Dovey died. So fourth marriage. She joined the Diamond Circle Club, which was a dating service. And she met her fourth husband, Richard L. Morton of Jamestown, North Carolina. He was not an alcoholic, but he was a cheater. Um, And during this time, her mother, Lou, came to live with them. Um, They were married in 1952 in in Emporia, Kansas. And she ended up poisoning Richard and shortly thereafter poisoning her mother. She's really digging the poisons. She really is. I mean, that's like her. Yeah. And I have read that that is like super common for women to use. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the case? um, There was a guy in, I think it was in Kansas City, and he was actually like a radio DJ. And his wife... um, his wife got sick and like she was going to the doctor all the time. They could not figure out what was wrong with her. Like her liver levels and kidney levels and like all that stuff was way out of whack. Mm -hmm. And they just couldn't figure out like what was wrong Mm -hmm. with her. And she was getting weaker and like getting bedridden. And it turned out that he had been giving her Gatorade that had antifreeze in it. What? Slowly poisoning her over like the course of like nine months or something. That's crazy. Yeah. Have you heard of the poison rings? That women would wear? Yes. Back in the day? Yes. It was like a little, like, a little pouch. I love that. that yeah. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. I, need I, a I mean, it's ring. not amazing. Is it, you know, <laughs> is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. <laughs> so, um, then her fifth marriage. So, in June 1953, Nanny married Samuel Doss from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, Doss was a Nazarene preacher, and he had lost his family in a tornado in Arkansas. Like, his whole family was killed. Um, she... Nanny had carried with her throughout her life this love of romance novels. So, like, from the time that she was little and she was reading her mother's romance magazines and looking at the Lonely Heart section, she um, carried that on into adulthood. And she would read, I'm guessing, like, I'm picturing, like, bodice ripper type romance novels. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what the covers looked yeah. like in the 50s, but I know what they looked like in the 90s. Um, like, Fabio. Like that, yeah, that right. kind yeah, of romance novel. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Samuel didn't like that. He was a conservative preacher and he was disgusted by that. He um, disapproved of that completely. And he made that so apparent to her. Um, 
he made it so apparent to her that he was admitted to the hospital with flu-like symptoms in September of the next year and was diagnosed with a digestive tract infection. Wow. So doctors released him on October 5th, 1954, and he died on October 12th. My gosh. This lady is like... She is... Nothing's stopping her. Oh, no. Yeah. She's... She's like the, uh, the, have you seen the stepfather movies? No. She's like the female stepfather. Oh my God. So like in stepfather, basically what it is, is like he, um, he marries into a family and mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to find the perfect family. And that's oh like his, God. is it the one with Kevin Costner? Uh, I don't remember who's in it actually. I may be thinking of something else. No, no, okay. it's not, not that one. Okay. But any, anyways, like he, like he's trying to find the perfect family. And if any of, if anything starts to become chaotic and oh my something that he's not happy with, yeah. he kills them all. And then oh my he God. changes his identity and then he moves on. Oh my God. Yeah. And this, this like is, totally reminds me of that. <laughs> this is like her. That yeah. is totally like her. So, uh, this is like basically when she killed her last husband, this is kind of where she got sloppy. Because she killed him too quickly, and he had been under a doctor's care. Mm. So that doctor was like, mm, something's not quite right, because I just treated this guy, and he should have been okay. And mm. he went home and died, so I'm going to have an autopsy done. Mm. And when they did the autopsy, they found a huge amount of arsenic in Samuel's system. Wow. And Nanny was immediately arrested. So... After she was arrested, she confessed not only to killing Samuel, but also her mother-in-law, her own mother, four of her husbands, her sister, and one of her grandsons, even though I think that she definitely killed both of them. Oh, yeah. I did, um, too. She was, was only pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> that's that's kind of like a habit that I'm not sure she would have been able to break. Right. <laughs> um, so she was only tried, though, for the death of Samuel Doss. Um, she was prosecuted by J. Howard Edmondson, who later became one of the governors of Oklahoma. Um, the death penalty was not sought due to her gender, which is kind of um, kind of weird. Like, I think that's really interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if she'd been a guy, like, obviously they would have sought the death penalty. So it's like, it's weird. But yeah, so um, she was sentenced to life imprisonment and she died of leukemia in prison in 1965 in the hospital ward of the Oklahoma State Penitentiary. Mm. So that is the story of Nanny Doss. Wow. Yeah. So that's a that's a good story. That's that is, like, that is such a good story. Yeah, that is a really good and one. I li- uh, the thing that I think is really like interesting about it is that like it's the one of the first known um serial killers of oklahoma but it's a female yeah which is like so even yeah. like it's i don't know it adds just, a, it adds a layer to it it does yeah. yeah so um i got i got a lot of stuff for y'all in closing today so uh today when this podcast drops there is actually another podcast that you can hear me and whitney on so we were guests on the buy sell trade podcast with rusty garner and um it's a discussion of more haunted object stuff and also you can find out why i can't let the walking dead just die already and rusty's expertise in antiques and buying and selling and it was whitney's first podcast experience i took her with me and we ate at zoe's and then um we went and podcasted with Rusty, and it was a really fun experience. And he gave me this awesome Kermagee drinking glass that, like, totally touched me. So, Rusty, that was so awesome. I've got it sitting in um, my little nook where I keep my Beethoven that my aunt gave me. Um, it's sitting right right next to it. So that's very special to me. Um, and also, Whitney and I are going to have some more news for you guys 
Pretty soon. Yes, we are. Yeah. So we're working on a podcast project together that we will be co-hosting. Yes. Yes. Um, and I'll give more details as it get clo- it gets closer to the time of the launch. But in the meantime, Whitney's also working on her own podcast, getting ready to launch that. I am. Yes. yes. It is going to be a horror pop culture. Um, it's going to be a little bit of everything, all things horror. Um, and it's going to be called Night of the Groovy Podcast. I love it so and much. It's going to be real fun. It's not going to be anything too serious. It's mm-hmm. just going to be a good time, like yeah. kind of co- like comedy and the, the horror aspect it. of it. I'm so excited for that. Um, so, and you guys can follow the Instagram for that because there is an Instagram account. Yes, there is an mm-hmm. Instagram. The Instagram was born. There's absolutely nothing on it yet, yeah. uh, but it will be. But you yes. can follow me at Night of the Groovy Podcast. Is okay, my tag. perfect. Um, and if you guys want a t-shirt or coffee mug or a super cute tank top before summer ends, because I added those to the store, they're available in the Spreadshirt store. I'll post about that on Instagram in the story or something today so you can snag one. They're actually like, you can go to, if you go to the Instagram like bio page, there's a thing that's like the link tree thing. And if you click that, it'll take you to this page that has links to like the Spreadshirt store and like my books and all that stuff. Um, and so also... The biggest news that I have is the second short, The Girl, drops today. Um, That'll be live on Amazon. Um, It's the second in the Irioki Shorts series. And if you were interested in what Jesse Edgar and I talked about, about Oklahoma Abandoned and what he does, you might like this one because it's about a woman who explores abandoned locations and comes across a child who isn't all that she seems to be. Um, Also, the audiobook for Jaws is available, and I've gotten some great feedback on that. Um, people really have enjoyed that. And I had a lot of fun making that audiobook. It's so good. Thank it's you. So, so oh my good. Gosh. You did such a great job. Thank you. Whitney was actually the first person to listen to it. She was, she was my guinea pig. I loved it. Yeah. She, it made me, made me feel really good that she liked it because she is the horror connoisseur. So <laughs> it made me feel good. Um, so you can find that by going on Amazon and just searching my name or searching on audible. Um, and I think that that's pretty much all I've got for you guys in terms of announcements. Um, if you want to plug your personal Instagram, you can do that or any other projects that you have. Anything like that? Uh, no, the, just the podcast coming up. That's okay. it. But okay. thank you for having me. It was, of course. It was so fun. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so follow, follow me on Instagram at Irioki. Facebook is the same and join the Facebook group.